I love coming into the house of the Lord and getting my praise on. It's a constant reminder of what we're going to do for the rest of our lives when we see Jesus face to face. Praise God. Some of us are already thinking about what you're going to do when you get out of here in the next few minutes. You're thinking about getting to your car. You're thinking about your Uber car. You're thinking about the train you got to take, the bus you got to catch. You hope that the train that you get on has AC, and you hope that the bus that you get on has AC. There's about a thousand things going through our mind as this service comes to an end. I'm so glad that when I get to heaven, I will not be thinking about what I've got to deal with the next day or a few hours later, because when we get to heaven, this is all we're going to do. All we're going to do is just glorify Jesus Christ. All we're going to do is just sing and dance and give him praise. All we're going to do is, is walk the gold streets and, and just hang out with God. I don't, I don't know what else is more exciting than that. Matter of fact, maybe some of you are maybe going through some things. But see, if you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, there is this constant anticipation and expectation that one day this will all pass away and we're going to be with Jesus forever. And it's nothing that I've earned or you can earn or nothing that you can work for. It's just a free gift, the gift of eternal life. It's an incredible gift. It's what I'm looking forward to. Now, I still got work to do here on earth. And as long as God keeps me, I'm going to talk about good news so that more people can come hang out with me on my block in heaven. I know some of you are like, wow, really? Blocks in heaven? It's that's a bit of a stretch, guy. No, no, no. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, if, if you were to take time and just begin to just study how in, in the Father's house there are many rooms, and then Scripture talks about the gates. I, I, I just, I, I had something else prepared, but I feel like I need to stir up somebody to understand this beautiful gift of eternal life. And I believe that there's some people here, here that still need to come to a place where they smile a little bit more. Because I know you've been discouraged and let down. I know you've been frustrated. I know that there are things going on in your life, home, family, children, marriage, job, finances, finances, bank account. Oh, Lord Jesus, can I get an amen? <laughs> let, let me just... Let me just tell you, God will provide. You trust him and God will provide. Trust him. He'll meet your needs. But you have to surrender your life to Jesus. It's more than just you trying to get what you can get from God. It's your life fully surrendered to Jesus Christ. That's the great benefit. That's the great promise. That's the provision. The provision is found completely solely in the provider himself, Jesus Christ. The provision is found in this incredible truth that God will meet my needs, not just financially, 
not just materially, not just physically. God will meet my needs spiritually and he'll inhabit this frail frame. He'll come in and occupy this space and he'll give me his spirit and make you a new person in him, in Christ Jesus. And the spirit of God stirs us up in such a way that each day you step out of your home, each day you step out, you will know that I'm just passing through. I've got life and life more abundantly. Abundantly? What do you mean abundantly? Because right now I'm just trying to just get through whatever I'm having to just deal with. The abundance of life is found in this incredible truth that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, the Bible says. The freedom, the freedom to know and to hope and believe that God's going to take care of everything. And one day I'm going to have this eternal rest with God. One day I'm going to be in heaven with God. One day I am going to be not just walking, but running down streets of gold, dancing down streets of gold. Let me tell you something. When I get up there in heaven and when Mark gets up there in heaven one day, I dare not step out on the street when my brother Mark is sprinting down the block in heaven. He will knock me out. But it's okay because these bones won't break. So whether you run into me or not up and down the streets of gold, we're all going to be all right. Oh, what I'm trying to tell you is this. No more pain. No more aches and pains. No more sickness. No more disease, no more sorrow, no more disappointment. I'm learning to live my life with great anticipation that I will be forever with Jesus Christ. It gives me perspective when I'm dealing with the stuff I got to deal with here on earth. Our perspective is often Blurred, our perspective is often dampened by the stuff that we've gone through in life. My perspective changed when I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. My perspective on life, everything that I got to deal with, everything that I got to face tomorrow. Your perspective changes when your faith is in Jesus Christ. Your perspective in life changes when your hope is in the eternal rest that God is preparing for you and I. Your perspective changes when you have a revelation of the cross and the beauty of who Jesus Christ is, who went to the cross and his blood was poured out for you and I, washing and cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Your perspective on life changes when you're chasing after the will of God, when your life is surrendered to him. If there's anything you want to chase, it's Jesus. Chase Jesus and everything else will fall in place. Pursue righteousness in Christ Jesus and everything else will come into alignment. It's very important. Oftentimes, we chasing something here horizontally, but not chasing after God and who he is in our lives. 
surrender to him, trusting him, believing in faith. Let me tell you something. You chased after these things to your left and right, behind you and in front of you. They will always come short of bringing completion in your life. It will never satisfy. Some of you have spent a long time chasing after a boy or chasing after a girl. Oh, I'm sorry. Chasing after a man. Chasing after a woman. Chasing after a career. Chasing after money. Chasing after success. Chasing after status. There's a lot of things that we chase and we're striving after it. And some of these things are good, but they are always, always secondary to chasing after God and surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. Oftentimes we chase all of this other stuff around because we, we crave affirmation. We want to feel valued. We want to feel like somebody. I mean, this is the, it's the whole premise to social media. I've, I've shared this before, but our, our lives on social media is very much about what we can get out of what we put on display and who responds, who, who, who affirms me when I post something on Facebook, who liked my comment. Who made me feel better about myself when I express something? We all do it. We want to be affirmed by somebody else appreciating us. And, and it gives us a sense of value. It's as simple as me leaving here tonight and writing something on Facebook. Had a great time at Times Square Church. We was turned up. We were shouting and praising and hooping and hollering. It was a good time in God. And, and naturally, we wait to see who's going to press like And how many times we see somebody like, like, like. And if the numbers go up, I feel kind of good. Like somebody really appreciated something that I said. Now, God forbid somebody comment and be like, ah, I was a little disappointed. It just seemed like you were just rambling on and on and on about heaven. But I'm going through some things. And suddenly I'm going, oh my goodness. Isn't it amazing how you get one negative comment on something that you post and you're like devastated? You're like, oh my gosh, I think I'm just going to delete this. I can't believe this. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Or even Instagram. How many of you have an Instagram page? Oh, come on, don't be shy about it. Don't, 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 don't act like you don't have an Instagram page. Thank you, thank you. Come on, hands up. I need to know who I'm talking to. Okay, okay. Oh, 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 now you want to put your hand up. Hey, it's okay. I've got an Instagram page too. Yes, I do. And we're all the same. We're human. And we naturally want to be affirmed and validated. We put up our picture, we take our selfie, and we wait till somebody likes it. Especially after spending like 30 minutes trying to get that selfie right. I can see some of you right now. I don't spend 30 minutes, okay? I keep it at 15, all right? I just... And we're going through all the filters, and we're trying to figure out which side is our better side, you know? And then after you get the picture just right, and then you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to comment, and what you... Well, okay, I got to say something good, you know? Because I, I think I look good, you know? So, and, and what do you post? Ah, I was at Times Square Church tonight. God was really moving. I just... 
feel like maybe I should just be spiritual, right? You know? And you post it. Isn't that the worst when like nobody likes it for like the first five minutes? A... And then it's like only 10 likes. And then what do we do after an hour and we don't have all the likes that we want? Or the person that you've been hoping would like you or affirm you and they didn't like your picture or they didn't comment. Some of us, if we feel like we didn't get enough affirmation or validation in what we posted, we delete it. Why? Because we're not confident enough in ourselves to simply believe and trust that we were made in the image of God, loved by God, called by God. And we'd rather delete ourselves because we haven't been affirmed by people. I want you to know tonight that you are fully affirmed in Christ Jesus. You see, God has clicked like on your picture. Before you were even born, he's been clicking the picture. I like you. Not only do I like you, I love you. Not only do I love you, I sent my son to die on the cross for you that you might have life and life more abundantly. Hold on. God's like, I'm not done with my comment. Forget everybody else's comments. I'm crazy about you. I've got a plan for you. If you would just surrender your life to me, you'll never have to worry about who likes and dislikes your picture ever again because you were made in the image of God. And not only do I like you, and love you, but I'm preparing a place for you and you're going home with me and I made sure you're going home with me because when my son died, he defeated sin and death and I'm telling you, this is good news. It's good news. It's good news when you know in faith that you belong to Jesus Christ that you are loved by God. Not only loved by God, but he's given you his mercy. His mercy. It never ceases. It never runs out. His mercy is new every morning. You see something? When, when, when Jesus went to a cross, justice and mercy were both served on the cross. Here's what I mean. Justice is getting what you and I deserve. That's justice. We were all born sinners. We failed. And there was a price that needed to be paid. Justice needed to be served. We don't deserve to be here in God's house this evening. We don't. Man, have we made a mess of things. Have you made a mess of things? I know I've made a mess of things. Only by the grace of God am I here tonight. By the grace of God. Justice had to be served. But then there's mercy. And mercy is not getting what you deserve. Praise God. Justice is getting what you and I deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. And justice and mercy met at the cross. When Jesus went to the cross... He fulfilled the demands for both justice and mercy. He met the demands for justice. How did he do that? 
He paid the sin debt that we owe. He paid the price for our wrongs. He fulfilled the demands for mercy. He met those demands by not only dying for the sins that we did, not only paying the price, but he was a substitute for you and I so that we wouldn't have to die, but so that we could live. That is mercy. And justice and mercy met at the cross. And at the cross 2,000 years ago, justice was served. When Jesus said, it is finished. But mercy, mercy never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. As a matter of fact, his mercy is new every morning. Why? How? Man, because if, if we were to play out all of our wrongs on this big screen above me, one at a time, Lord have mercy. If we were to play out all the stuff that runs through our mind on a daily basis, uh-huh, that's what I'm saying too. Lord have mercy. My aggravation, my frustration through the week, my doubt, my fears, when somebody makes me mad and cuts me off as I'm trying to drive, and all of a sudden, I, a little road rage kicks in and I put my foot on the gas and I have to control myself. Or maybe you said something wrong on your job that you shouldn't have said. Or maybe you went on your computer or your phone and you went scrolling through on Instagram and looking at things you shouldn't look at. Or maybe there's some addictions that you've been still struggling with. Or maybe your marriage is in crisis. Or maybe you're struggling with some pride tonight. Maybe there's bitterness in your heart. Maybe you feel like going to church is good enough, but to have this whole relationship thing, I don't know. Maybe you're here tonight and you're like, even though I go to church, I feel like I don't deserve this e eternal gift. But I'm here to tell you this evening, his mercy is new every morning. Justice was served on the cross 2,000 years ago. I'm just asking you tonight to embrace his mercy. His mercy. How could God be so merciful with the people that just have so many issues and stuff? We constantly struggle to put our focus on those things that are right. We constantly struggle not to make it about ourselves. Oh, God knows. You know, he's known from day one that we are human, flawed, and desperately in need of a savior. It is amazing to think about the beauty of salvation. The very fact that God is all-knowing. He is the beginning and the end. Right? Amen? Now think about this. God is Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And from the very beginning, he chose to create man and woman in his image, yet knowing how flawed we would be. And from the very beginning, he was willing 
to give us his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us so that we might have life. I've said this before. I'm so glad that God is God and not me. Because I would have been like, let's just wipe out this whole human and earth thing and start all over. We'll figure this out because, you know, I am God and I can do whatever I want to do. But the choice that God has made is to love because God is love. God is love. That's, if you've ever wondered how in the world could God love me after all that I've done wrong, it's really an easy answer. He doesn't have to love. He is love. He is the true definition of love. He defines the word. The word love is God and God is love. And if ever you want to experience true love, unconditional love, it is a willingness to believe in faith tonight that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. He's merciful. And I love this truth. We're going home. We're going home one day. And I know, listen, I know sometimes you can hear a message like this, talking about eternal life and the gift of heaven and one day going home to be with Jesus. But I know there's this other part of us that goes, all right, yeah, but until then, how do I do this? Because life is hard. Anybody been dealing with some difficult times right now? Just be honest. Thank you. I know it gets hard. I know there are challenges and disappointments and frustrations. I know that there are letdowns in relationships. I know it's hard sometimes to forgive people who have wounded you, who have hurt you. I know sometimes deep down inside, despite what people might see on the outside, you're angry, frustrated, annoyed. It's easy to get annoyed in New York City, that's for sure. People just annoy you. They just get in your way. They talk over you. They push you. They bump you. They disrespect you. They talk down at you. They laugh at you from the job to the community to the home. Stuff goes down. This ain't like Virginia or North Carolina. Or like, you know, this is New York City. It's a tough place to live. You've heard me say this. This is why New Yorkers, they packing up and heading to palm trees down in Florida. Palm trees are not going to save you. Palm trees are never going to heal the wounds of the broken heart, the heart that's been wounded, rejected, hurt, and let down. Let down. I know there's a lot of people that have been let down, disappointed. Disappointed by fathers, disappointed by mothers, disappointed by siblings, friends. I know that there are people here that have been disappointed by people in the church, wounded by people in the church, not quite sure whether they want to really be a part of community because the last time I was like really a part of a church, the pastor said this to me or this lady or this man in the church did this to me or disrespected me or offended me or broke up with me. I know that there's been a lot of letdowns, but it's as simple as this. God will not let you down. You put your faith 
in Jesus Christ. You look to the cross, the finished work of Jesus Christ, the one who defeated sin and death. You put your trust in Jesus Christ, he will not let you down. I know you're going through some stuff, but God will not let you down. He will show up on time. He will do miracles in your life. You will have a breakthrough. I know, I know. Some of you still looking at me like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for that breakthrough. I'm waiting, I, I, I'm coming to church, I'm, I'm doing the church thing. No, don't do the church thing, do the Jesus thing. Listen, it's a big difference. Do the Jesus thing. What's the Jesus thing? The Jesus thing is simply this. I believe in faith that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and I want him to reign in my life. I, I want to fully surrender to Jesus Christ. I want to follow after his ways. I want to open this word on a daily basis. I want to pray. I want to know that when I open up my mouth and pray, it's not just this foreign God that I'm talking to. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't want to just simply do church. I want to do Jesus because Jesus went to a cross and died for me. He didn't just die in this sort of kind of general way saying, I'm, you know, here I am laying down my life hoping that a few people would just maybe just kind of receive me and, and really believe that this is for real. No, no, no. He died so that all could receive this incredible gift of new life. He died for the world. He died for everyone sitting here in this sanctuary. He died for everyone that's watching right now online. And I'm going to tell you something. Let me tell you this. If you put your faith in Jesus, not only will he go before you, behind you, to the left and right of you, but he will live inside of you. His spirit will live inside of you. That's amazing. Show us your mercy, God. Show us your mercy one more time. Show us your mercy. Show us. Listen. You want to experience God's mercy? You want to experience the truth of the gospel? It's knowing that his mercy is new every morning. I want to invite you to come forward. I want to pray for you. Here's our prayer tonight. God, have mercy on me. And you don't have to be ashamed of what you've been dealing with, going through. God, have mercy. Have mercy. I'm tired. Have mercy, oh God. I'm overwhelmed. Have mercy. I've been trying to do life on, on my own, in my own strength. God, have mercy on me. Show me your mercy. I want to experience that mercy that's new. Lord God, be God in my life. And if this is you, if this is your prayer, if this message has spoken to you, I want you to come down. I want to pray for you tonight. Let's pray that his mercy, his mercy would be felt and you would experience the presence of God. And it's a full package like we talked about last Sunday night. You're going to experience the mercy of God and he's going to give you his spirit. The Holy Spirit. Come. Grab your friend's hand, your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever you came with, brother, sister, friend. Be like, I'm going down. I need the mercy of God. I need to experience his mercy. Listen, if you can't shake this, then you need to come 
you need to get before God and we're going to pray that you would experience the mercy of God and you would experience his spirit, the power of his spirit that is able to change you, to fill you, that you would live a life with expectation and anticipation knowing that you have eternal life in Christ Jesus. It's so much more than just this here on earth. So much more. Come on, come, come. Hallelujah. God have mercy on your people. We surrender all. We say yes. Yes to who you are as God, as Savior, as King, and as Lord. We surrender. We keep nothing for ourselves. We are fully surrendered to you. We surrender the trials. We surrender the struggles. We surrender. Not only do we surrender our lives to you, but we surrender our families to you. Instead of choosing God to hold on to those things that have wounded us, that have hurt us, we lay it down at your feet and we surrender. Show us your mercy, God. Your mercy. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence and the peace of your Holy Spirit. Would you pray this prayer after me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving me your Son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me, paying my sin debt. Forgive me of my sins, cleanse me, and make me a new person. I put my trust in you. Lead me and guide me. May your spirit live inside of me. In your name I pray, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.